Stack. We're proud to be part of the Office on the Air Global Radio Network. In the book world over the past few months, there has been a lot of buzz about a book called Your House Will Pay by author Steph Cha. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've posted on Facebook about um, essays that she's done or blogs and all. But um, this new book, which is not part of her uh, Juniper Snow, I think it's Juniper Snow, I'm saying it right, now my stuff, that... Um, Juniper Song. Juniper Song, okay, sorry. Uh, the <laughs> Juniper Song Mysteries. This is a brand new book. I don't know if it's going to be a standalone or not, but we'll find out. Um, Your House Will Pay um, takes a really dark moment in... Los Angeles's violent history and cracks it right open, um, creating a prism of understanding. That is a direct quote from another fabulous author, Attica Locke. I'm thrilled to welcome to Authors on the Air, Steph Cha. Hi, Steph. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. Um, uh, we were talking in the green room about how prolific a writer you are, and um, and you like to write, don't you? Yeah, I I definitely do. You know, um, when I'm not when I'm not um, working somewhere else or on another kind of project, I I write every day um, if I can. I certainly read every day. Um, what drove your decision to write books? Um, I think. I think I started like a lot of people do just as a very prolific reader. Um, I was reading all the time and reading mostly fiction. And I think there comes a point when you read enough and you think, well, maybe, maybe I have some ideas and maybe I'd like to try this out. Um, And, and that's kind of how it started. I also had an idea for the kinds of books that I wanted to see in the world and um, that I wasn't seeing written. And so I saw a niche that I wanted to fill, I guess, um, is how I would put it now. Although at the time, it was just that, you know, I felt like I should try my hand at it and that I had an idea. Um, I, I, you, this book is about a Korean-American family. Is that what your background is? Yeah, it is. And I think... Um, when I started writing, that is part of what I wanted to do was to represent Korean American Los Angeles fiction because I didn't really read stories about the community I grew up in. Um, but yeah, that's 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 uh, that's where I'm from. That's uh, that my parents immigrated from Korea um, when they were pretty young, actually. They were both um, my my dad was 12 when he came, my mom was 15, so they were on the early side. But um, but yeah, they're they're immigrants, and um, I grew up in a second generation. Um, environment. Uh, it's interesting to me to see. I, I get a lot of notifications from publishing houses for um, uh, you know press releases and all. There is a larger Asian American 
uh, writer community than ever before. I think in the past couple of years, um, the Asian American experience has has been brought to the front. Now, um, are you? Are you hoping that that's going to grow? Do you think it's grown enough? Do we still have to see books for more Asian Americans? Um, I think it's still going to grow, uh, and I do hope it does. You know, I think uh, the Asian population of the U.S. is growing, so it would make sense that representation in media also grows. You know, there's obviously a lag. I think think what um, you're referring to and that what we're seeing is you know, a lot of Asian Americans um, have been in the country, the country since, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s, and I feel like there are a lot of Asian, second-generation kids in our 30s and 40s, and certainly younger, who are now kind of coming of age um, in the writerly way, where, um, where we are now old enough to kind of reflect on our experiences and translate them into fiction or other kinds of writing. And, um, and so I think there's now this generation of writers that's becoming ripe. Um, and I, I imagine that we'll keep seeing that um, as as the decades go on and as there are more kids who are born in the U.S. or who um, came, came young and who grew up reading in English and uh, wanting to write about the Asian American experience. Um, when you, you said you've always been a reader, so what did you read? Um, as an adult, um, I read, I read some crime fiction, although I have become much more of a crime reader since starting to publish, um, Uh because I I would say before I started writing my first book, I I started when I was young, um, I was 22 when I started writing Follow Her Home. Um, so before that, you know, I kind of read some of the classics of the crime genre, um, hard-boiled detective fiction, um, but I hadn't, I didn't have a good handle on contemporary crime, and I read like the kind of literary fiction that you read in college, and that that the, you know, and that like Barnes and Noble might put at the front of the bookstore. Um, right. You know, there was no like Goodreads back then, and um, and I read more fiction than my peers, so I wasn't getting a a deep, I, I wasn't getting a deep uh, cut of recommendations from anybody. Um, you know, so I feel like, you know, ten. 10 and 11 years ago, I was reading a lot of white men (laughs) and uh, literary canonical or modern canonical fiction. Um, And so I'd say that what I read has changed over the years, but um, I still read mostly crime and literary fiction. And um, I love the books that are kind of in the in-between zones. Yes. And I'll read other genres too. I'm just less familiar with them. Um, Who's on your nightstand right now that you're reading? I'm actually rereading the Joy Luck Club um, right now. Ah. Um, yeah, uh, I I was I'm going on a podcast next week called Book Fight, and uh, and I was asked to pick a book for me and the hosts to read together, and um, and I I realized I you know I read the Joy Luck Club when I was when I was a kid. I was probably in middle school, maybe in elementary school, and I remember loving it, but also. Um, I thinking I, I'm thinking now like I, I'm just a different reader than I was 20 years yes. ago and absolutely and it, also 2019 is just a totally different context so I was kind of curious about revisiting it um, and I just cracked it open again last night and 
I mean, and so far I'm I'm loving it. I'm about 35 pages in, and it's 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 really vivid and and wonderful. And all these memories of the book are coming back too. You know, I I remember things about this book that I read 20 years ago, um, and I'm getting struck by them all over again. You are probably also reading the story in a very different way and having a different understanding of it. Would that be true? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I, I when I read it, um, and I, and I'll be frank. When I read it as a kid, I read it as a book. You know, I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't about thinking about um, what a phenomenon it was. I wasn't thinking about um, what it meant for Asian America. Asian America. I wasn't thinking about any of that at all um, because I was a child and I didn't think about those things. You know, Joy Luck Club is a book that I read because my mom read it and she had it around. Um, and I think that's a really wonderful thing. It was probably the first book by an Asian American author that got that status where like your mom would buy it at the Costco and it'd just be around the house. That's interesting. My mom used to get those um, abridged uh, like five books in one book, you know, book of the book of the month club things. And that's how Uh I started reading adult fiction and, um, and fell in love with it. But it wasn't until I was a little older that I started reading Elmore Leonard and Russ McDonald and, and, you know, Russ McDonald, people like that. And so that's, I always had a pull to it. Same way with Agatha Christie. I, um, I I used to work in a, a small city that had a bookstore right down the street and that's when they had books on those spinning racks. <laughs> and I picked mm-hmm. up an Agatha Christie book, probably, you know, her 16th or 20th one and fell in love with it. So I made a list of all her books in order and went and got each 115 of her books, but in order, I did not know you did not have to read them in order, but to me, it made sense. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I mean, if you're so, going to read them all, you might as well. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's not like it was a series, but there were, there were, there were recurring characters. And, um, yeah. and so since I did that, and, and I don't know how you are when you read a new author, but um, I remember first reading President Charles Pendergast character and, I I had to go to the used bookstore and buy every single book and, and read it in order. I, I don't know. Do you do things like that when you find someone you like? You know, I used to um, when I was a younger reader and um, and I didn't know where else to go. Now I always have such a deep to be read list that I don't do that so much. I mean, oh I my God, keep please. authors in mind and yes. keep track, yes. trying to track down what they what they're doing, but, right. you know, I end up, I mean, I, I also edit and review, so I get books sent to my house all the time, um, and my house is constantly overflowing with books that I haven't been able to touch yet, um, so I try to read books that I already have when I have a minute. <laughs> but, but he doesn't understand that's what happens with book lovers. You you can't, you can't take an eye off of us in a bookstore, otherwise we're gone. So um, I I have one sh- – my second bedroom is a library of shelves everywhere, and one shelf is is dedicated to books that I'm going to read and books by authors I'm going to interview. So, you know, I understand that. Now, you mentioned that you review and edit. Um, who do you review and edit for? Um, I edit the noir section of the L.A. Review of Books, um, and uh-huh. I I will occasionally review for L.A. Review of Books. Uh, I mostly review for the L.A. Times and USA Today. Um, Very but, good. But, you know, if other people ask, I review. But, um, 
that's those are my regular gigs. I've been doing that for I think I started with Philly Times in twenty fourteen. Wow. Um, USA Today a few years ago. It's fun to read, isn't it? Not I don't like the editing portion of it, but I do like the reviewing portion of it. Um, I actually have to have an anonymous page <laughs> in Amazon so that uh, – and I don't write bad reviews. I, if I don't like the book, I just don't. It's, I figure it's me, mm-hmm. not, not the Give author. But yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm – I'm kind of like you. I get a lot of books from publishers and it's an embarrassment of riches. So I, if I'm not grabbed in the first few pages, then I, I kind of put it aside and rarely do I ever go back to it. Um, you like to write so much that you are now doing something new and fascinating to me. Would you tell listeners? Oh yeah. Um, are you talking about uh, the TV show? Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm I'm writing on a I'm writing on a TV show for the first time. I'm a staff writer on a show on HBO Max. It's a crime show called Crime Farm, um, and it it'll be it, it it's a streaming show, and I don't know when it'll be out. Um, but it's fun. It's like it's been a great work experience. I've been on it for um, four four and a half months now. Um, it's a totally different thing from writing a novel because you're with a group of other writers and you're just beating out stories, story ideas. Um, and, you know, that's different from uh, being alone on your couch with nobody to help you and, uh, right. and sole responsibility over the work product. Um, how how did you work, come to get that? I, be, I would imagine. <laughs> how, how did you get that gig? How did that happen? Um, it kind of fell into my lap, to be honest, um, which is, um, which, which is, I would say probably an unusual path, but it's something that if you're a novelist in LA, I'm not the only one this has happened to. Right. Um, right. you know, I, I, my showrunner, um, wanted to hire a crime novelist for the room and, um, Walter Mosley couldn't do it. So, <laughs> so she asked around and, uh, somebody referred her to me. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. So it's not like he, he doesn't have the experience too. But um, it's different group writing, but it's also different because um, you don't have the advantage of a lot of narrative like you do in novel writing. Isn't that true? Well, I actually think um, with a TV show, you have, you know, so we're working on a 10 episode season. Uh-huh. But that's that's actually a lot of story that you can get through in ten in ten hours of television. Um, you know, I've I've thought about like how long my book would be if it were filmed, and I don't think it'd be ten hours. Um, you know, you don't there there are other things that are pretty pretty limited, like um, you know, you don't get to really ruminate in the way you can when you have, for example, like a a novel told in. Um, close third person you know you don't get you don't get the advantage of um having the having a direct connection between your character and the reader's ear um but 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 for story for plot there is um there's plenty of room for that to come out um i think i think um the challenge which like by the way i haven't directly experienced yet because i haven't written a script so far it's been um i've been in the room while we break story and um outline and 
figure things out. Um, but, you know, I think uh, the challenge is finding different ways of storytelling. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think it's an interesting constraint um, and a fun one. And I like writing dialogue and, you know, and I think, I think that's, the thing that is different for me um, is considering all the other factors that come into the experience of watching a TV show um, that you don't consider at all when you're writing a novel um, that anybody is going to bring anything else to the table because they don't. It's, 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 you have, uh, you have the reader's attention and um, they experience what you want them to experience. Um, whereas TV is a collaborative medium, you know, uh, we we might spend we might spend months and months um, working on scripts, um, but the the um, process is not even close to over when we're done with our part because the director comes in, the actors bring in you know their their points of view. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, it's hard for me actually to um, to anticipate what the final product is like, um, which is which is cool, which is fun, I think. When you start writing a book, then, do you know where your book is going? Do you outline um, or do you have a general idea in your head where you think the ending will be? I generally know where the book is going and how it's going to end. I will say for um, definitely my first book, yeah, I think all of my books, I have I've had a pretty good sense of the ending. I'm not... I'm not an author who um, who lets the uh, who um, figures out the ending as I go along. Although I will figure out some of the middle beats. Um, but this book, for example, like I, I knew I, I knew from pretty close to the beginning um, that it was going to end more or less the way it did. Um, and you know, but figuring out the um, everything that went in between, you know, that was a little more challenging for me. Um, cause I was able to wing that a little bit more with the song novels, um, because right. they were PI novels. And so I had kind of a structure to work with. Um, this book doesn't follow a traditional mystery structure. And so no. I actually found that I had to outline quite a bit more just so that, um, the story gelled together. It's interesting. Um, it feels just very fluid and organic when you read this book. It, it, it at least to me, it does. And um, it, yeah, it was it was very difficult for me to put this book down. It's unlike any novel that I've read in recent memory, anyway. And um, I, I I don't think there's anything traditional about it, which is what makes it interesting to me. Now, um, why did you start re uh, writing the Jupiter Song Mysteries? Because those are kind of, you know, P.I. mysteries and all. It's way a far cry from your house will pay. Um, I wanted to explore, um, and, and, and I, I like, I like, um, I, I came to mystery writing in the way a lot of Angelino writers do through Raymond Chandler. Um, and mm -hmm. I wanted to explore the city. Um, that was one of the that was one of the goals that I had when I was writing that book, um, mm -hmm. and to, to to depict Los Angeles in, in its many facets, and um, to kind of give my version of of an LA noir novel. Um, and so, 
and so since that was my goal, you know, I, I, the, um, the form kind of followed, um, yes. and that, you know, the Nor the LA Nor novel is there, there's a, there's a long and noble tradition to that novel. Um, and so I, I, I started writing, um, follow our home, um, thinking about that genre specifically and wanting to be in conversation with it, um, because it's such a, it's such a dominant genre in the um, in the Los Angeles imagination. It is, um, and so it I is, wanted yeah. so I, so I wanted yeah. to tangle with it when I wrote my Los Angeles novel. You know, so I, the the structure of it and um, you know th- some of its concerns are 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 very different from the ones in your house will say. Um, but I will also say that um, you know I I was interested in using the crime genre to explore social issues. You know that's that's something that I did with all three of my novels, and um, right. each of my novels has led has led thematically in some way or another to the next. Um, and with with uh, Dead Soon Enough, which was the third song novel, I was thinking about issues of um, inheritance and um, and legacy. Um, you know what it means to be part of a minority group um, that has grievances or um, or guilt, and so I was I was thinking actively about those things when I came across the story of Latasha Harlan, um, and uh, decided to write about about her um, and about the history that, that about that slice of LA history. Um, so yeah, different different books, um, different approaches, but. Um, but thinking about some of the same things, I would say. Interesting. Um, will I know that you just released your house will pay? Will this be a standalone, as far as you know? Yes, this will be a standalone. I'm, um, I, 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 um, I can say that pretty confidently because I don't have. Um, I don't have a particular desire to revisit these characters. Um, I mean, I love these characters. Um, right. But I feel that I have told the story that I wanted to tell, and that to revisit with them um, would undo some of the work of this book. Um, you know, I wanted to pose, I wanted to pose questions, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to set these people up in a situation that doesn't really have a lot of uh, nice outs. And I feel like to. Um, to write a to write a follow up, I would almost have to give give them an out that would be unorganic. Would feel, um, yeah, and it would feel inauthentic as well. Yeah, um, so I think that this is a this is a this is a one and done kind of novel. Are you tossing around ideas for the next thing you're going to write, or have you started something else? You know, I haven't yet. It's my first time since I started writing Follow Our Home that I'm really taking a breather from writing novels. <laughs> um, but I've I, this book took so long and it took so much um, out of me. Like this was a really all-consuming project for four and a half years. I mean, it was wow. it was really the only thing I was doing during that time period, and it was very very um, consuming. And I bet. Um, and, and 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 I would like to do that again, but um, I need a breather. <laughs> no, I understand that. Um, I understand that. Well, Steph, you're going to be appearing at the Miami Book Fair, which 
our network has supported for years now. Um, are you on a panel or are you being interviewed individually? Um, I am on a panel. Um, I will be on a panel on um, November 23rd, 24th. Actually, I'll be on two mm-hmm. panels. Um, I'm going to be on um, a panel for Joyce Carol Oates' Cutting Edge Collection, which is an yes. anthology of uh, female noir um, and um, and I, where I contributed a story. And then I will be on a panel with um, Daniel Jose Older and Oscar Casares um, in the afternoon. Um, How fun. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. it it'll be my first time at um, – at the book festival, only my second time in Miami. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very excited for that. Well, congratulations on all of the accolades you've received from your household pay, um, staff, and and it sounds like you're having fun writing the television show. How many, by the way, are are there of you who are writing and collaborating on, on the television show? Um, in the writers' room, there are. Uh, there are nine writers, including the um, including the boss, the showrunner. Um, there's a consultant who um, is writing on an episode who comes in about once a week, um, and there are two writers' assistants, um, as well as um, a couple uh, production assistants. Um, but it's a it's a it's, it's a big group. Um, it's 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 lively and it's fun. It sounds like um, you're soaking up all the different type of writing experiences that that you can, and in the end, I think that will only enrich your your novel writing skills, uh, you know, by doing so many different things. Do you do you think? I hope so because you know, um, no matter what else I do, I think of myself primarily as a novelist. I think that's the form that um, that I am best at and that I. Um, that I'm most interested in because I, you know, because I read novels. Um, so sure. I hope that's true. I hope that everything I do makes me a better novelist. Well, this book proves that you are a magnificent novelist and I want to thank, thank you. you so much for being on, on authors on the air. Uh, will you please tell listeners where they can find you, your website and anything else about you? Yeah. Um, my website is, um, stephchow.com. I'm on, I'm, I'm on social media, mostly on Twitter. Although these days I will say, because I'm working, my Twitter is mostly book promotion and that's, I understand that that's not the most interesting thing in the world. Uh, (laughs) It's uh, a necessity though. (laughs) Yeah. I'm currently, uh, um, I'm currently on book tour. Um, I'll be, uh, I'll be at BoucherCon this weekend and then I'm going to be in New York and Philadelphia and then, Portland, San Francisco, and then Miami. Um, well, I'm sorry I don't get to see you at BoucherCon. I've just returned from uh, from Capital Crime in London, where I broadcast live, and then um, and then I took I took vacation for the first time, which was lovely. Uh, so oh. Boucher, yeah, BoucherCon, which is something I usually go to. It was definitely out of the question this year, but I will be there in Sacramento. Uh, will you will um will you go to Thriller Fest? Do you think? Um, I haven't decided yet. Um, we'll, we'll see. I don't like right now. I feel like I'm very much in the in the book promotion mode. Um, we'll right. see how I'm feeling in July, where I am. Um, 
where I am in the book cycle, um, whether I'm writing on a new new novel. Um, I always like going to New York. Yeah, it's a great town for sure, and it's a, a great place for Thriller Fest, no doubt. Um, thank you so much for being with me, Steph Cha. I, I think you're incredible, and I expect that you will be a household book name soon enough. Um, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> if if not already. Um, congratulations on all your accomplishments, and I wish you many more. Oh, thank you so much, Pam. It's nice to talk to you. It was nice to talk to you, and I want to thank you listeners for tuning in today, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.